is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. We're here to help you win the ultimate bragging rights, a fantasy title. Let's go. Welcome to the Wednesday Show. What's going on, everybody? A lot of trade talk today. Looking forward to it. We should have a pretty good show, pretty fun show for you today. And we are very pleased to welcome Heath Cummings back. It was a little under the weather yesterday. Are you feeling better, Mr. Heath? That didn't sound genuine at all. I was. I, did anybody ask you how you were feeling yesterday? Because I did. I wrote in an email and a text. I said, I hope you're feeling better. Yeah. Well, thanks. Are you feeling better? I'm I'm feeling much better, Adam. I'm feeling fine. Good. I uh everything is awesome. Jamie, how are you? I'm great. Me too. My uh my son was the player of the game in his T ball game last night. Ooh, yeah. He had a uh bases loaded double. Wow. And he had a couple put outs at first base. Wait, they have doubles? So I feel yeah, like he, everybody he, just gets a single and then everybody like does anybody ever get out? Uh yes, you have a five run inning or three outs. Oh and, wow! Uh, he hit the ball. Uh, he hit four line drives last night. He had three hits. One was right to the third baseman where he just uh, stepped on third with those two runners on. But every other ball went uh, was was a solid hit. Are you coaching? Five year old? Huh? You coaching? I'm an assistant coach. Yes. Yeah, way to go! Yes. All right, that's fun. Looking looking forward to that to kind yeah. of stuff in the future. It was it was it was a proud proud moment, and our team is sponsored uh, by Mo Vaughn, and Mo Vaughn's son is on our team. Really? Yep. Is he good? Is he like incredible? He's he's very good. He's uh he's he's young. I mean they're all young, you know. But he's he's funny because uh he walks up. All the other kids have like a regular little t-ball bat, and he's got this huge barrel on his bat. <laughs> and like you, you know, every time I want to call him the hit dog, but I don't want to insult his father. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, well, you should tell all the kids, you know, when they're old enough, start playing daily fantasy football on FanDuel.com. Why so do you I- think that they don't? Well, five, six years old, whatever it is, it's probably. Well, no, before every game we set a lineup. Oh, okay, good. It's a team, team building. Well, I hope you use the promo code CBSPOD. That'll get you of free course. entry into the NFL Sunday Million. Over a million dollars in cash prizes. When you make your first deposit on FanDuel, use the code CBSPOD. Void where prohibited. Alright, coming up today, we have legal analyst Amy Dash coming on the show to talk about Ezekiel Elliott. Thinking about 20 minutes or so, 25, 30, I don't know, somewhere around that. Uh, Amy should come on and Tell us the latest on Zeke. Uh, we have a lot of trade talk. We're going to preview the Thursday night game, Kansas City, Oakland. You want to recap the waiver wire? I decided not to be all that active yesterday. Almost getting a little tired of chasing flash in the pan running backs. But, you know, there were, you know, you sit there and you look at it. It's like, I don't really buy into Orleans Darkwa, but I don't want to be wrong. So you got to at least, you got to at least put something, you know, you got to at least put some bids in there. I have a trade-related question for you specifically on Elliott, if you'd like to get to it now. Okay. So in our flex league, your running backs are terrible. <laughs> yes. But you have good receivers. My receivers are questionable. And I was wondering if, as the as the Elliott owner, is it worth trading him now? And what would people give in return for Ezekiel Elliott? Well, so I, I thought about Adam, it, and right? I was like, should I make Adam an offer of Ezekiel Elliott for Julio Jones if he would do it? Mm. Well— I would say no, but I have McFadden, which changes things a little bit. That's why, because you're right. in a situation where you're covered. Oh, God, that feels like giving up a lot. <laughs> What's uh, your record now? Two and four. So you need to kind of swing for the fences at this you, point. You've got to win out. I don't have to win out. You might. I don't you have, have to win. 
I, I I promise you, if I go ten and four, I'm in. If I go if I go nine and five, I'm in. I'm not gonna. I don't know, Jamie. That's a tough one. I have to think about that. But as of now, we think Zeke is going to be able to play at least the next two weeks, right? Is that kind of what you're thinking? Just for now, at least the next two weeks. Definitely week seven. I, I think there's some questions on the timeline for week eight, right? Because it has to be before October 30th. We'll clarify all that with Amy in a little bit. Sounds like he's going to play the next two games. Yes. Yeah. And then maybe the rest after that. We don't know. We will get some expert opinion. Uh, more Pete, news- what would you do if you're, if in your, in this situation, would you make this trade? Uh, um, just to let you know, what's your best running back? Mike Gillisley? Uh, <laughs> you yeah, dropped Mike Gillisley in a league. I did. I dropped him for who? Wendell Smallwood, I think. 10 yeah. team PPR. Yeah, I'm gonna make a claim on that one. That's fine. Uh, you would have claimed would, Smallwood too, right? If I had good depth at wide receiver, and Mike Gillisley was my best running back, I would trade Julio Jones for Ezekiel Elliott. See, it's funny because, like, he has both backups of, of Elliott. No, I don't. It's, it's almost. I don't. You just have Morris, right? Oh, I have Morris. No, oh, okay. I don't even have McFadden, so no, I wouldn't do this. If I had McFadden, maybe. So you, we've decided now that McFadden's definitely the guy if if Elliott goes down. Uh, it just I, seems to be that way. He, not that he's <laughs> definitely, but that he's got a better chance. I, I I think. Well, it's funny because he has. Who's your best running back? Is it Gillisley? Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> it's Andre. And, and I have Andre I have Elliott, Freeman, Hunt, McKinnon. And Javoris Allen, and my best receiver is Crabtree. It's almost like a perfect storm that we have to make a trade. You should definitely do this, Adam. Uh, all right, I'll What's think about it. the worst thing that could happen? You already suck. I, my team doesn't suck. I mean, I have Hopkins, Julio, T.Y. Hilton. It should have been really good, but T.Y. Hilton and Julio Jones have combined for, what, one touchdown this year? You know, it's, it's awful. Um, all right, let, let's get into the show. Forget about the waiver wire. Uh, although I will say Josh Doxson, 17% owned, guys. Uh, do you think that's too, too low for Doxson? I, I think it's kind of case-specific. You know, he's he's not somebody that I would consider a must-start yet. But he's he's going to, I think, get there if the Redskins do the right thing. If they do what they say they're going to do. Right. Um, can I just let you know there's somebody in our office that just walked by our, our, our studio. I will not say his name. But just bought a new pair of pants and still has a sticker on his pants. As well. <laughs> Are you gonna tell him? Yeah, I'll tell him after the show. Yeah. I think we should not tell him. That's awesome. No, I like the guy. Or just go up and say nice new pants. I, I yes. Okay, who's your favorite buy low candidate? Last week we gave you three. We gave you three receivers: Amari Cooper, Doug Baldwin, and Golden Tate. Uh, I've been answered Golden Tate. Sorry about that. Baldwin coming back this week. We still all the same reasons to like him as we said last week. Cooper, we still feel like he's a buy low. He's not a sell high. I mean, <laughs> he's not my favorite. All right, yeah. So let's get some names. Who's your favorite buy low? I will say who who Julio. Oh, okay. I'm buying into the idea that they're not going to keep giving him less than ten targets per game because they would just be completely and utterly stupid if that's what they did. Okay, Jamie, you got a favorite buy low? I don't know if it's a favorite, but it's kind of, a, a, I think, an interesting conversation. Um, so yesterday on our video show, Dave brought up as a sell high can as sell high candidates the Packers receivers, which I completely disagree with because you're not selling them high at this point because there's nobody buying them high. I almost wonder if they're a buy low, mm. and you get them this week before Hunley shows you anything, mm-hmm. because if Hunley is good or competent. Those guys are still going to retain a lot of value. So I think it's the reverse. They're not sell high candidates. They're buy low candidates. 
it's a gamble though. Are they, are they, oh, yeah. are they stay away candidates? Are they hold candidates? You know, like we don't know what's going to happen. Well, I, I think you have to find the disgruntled Packers owners and see if they're interested in, you know, something that you would consider to be a sell high candidate. Like at this point, if you're the Devonta, cause I don't think Jordy Nelson does it, but if you're the Devonta Adams owner, and I know he scored a touchdown last week, you're clearly nervous, right? Absolutely. I'm yes. nervous would as the take, Jordy owner. Huh? I'm nervous as hell as the Jordy owner. I, but, but the guy I'm going to throw out is, is you're not going to get Jordy for this. Mm-hmm. Would you trade Will Fuller, Devin Funches, you know, these guys that have come on the last few weeks in a heartbeat to, to get Devonta Adams? Yes. Yes? Yes. Even though those guys have better quarterback situations? Yes. It's interesting. That, that, that's, I think, that, that's the type of deal. You're not going to get Nelson for those guys. No. But you might be able to get Adams. Yeah, I gave those numbers, though, on Jordy Nelson in the seven games without Aaron Rodgers. He had one touchdown, 2013. One touchdown. He had uh one. He had two games out of seven, I think, with double-digit fantasy points in standard scoring leagues. And that was with Flynn? That was with, it was like three guys, but Flynn, most of it, yeah. So the, the, the hope would be is that Hunley is good. Yes. That would be nice. And so if I'm, if, put it this way, it doesn't have to be good, it just has to be competent. Agreed. And again, he got Adams a touchdown. Alright, I, I'm gonna say, you know, I want you to tell me if you agree or disagree. I put as my favorite by low Ben Roethlisberger. And I talked about this, tell me if I talked about this on the Sunday show, I don't remember if I did. I definitely mentioned this on Saturday night with Dave on the radio show on CB, on Ion Fantasy Football. It just seems like in sports, you get these these stretches where great players play poorly. And you can look at different things and say, yeah, there's a reason for it, this and that. This guy's getting old. He's hurt, whatever. But great players, I buy into them bouncing back. And the two examples I would give, Tom Brady was arguably worse than Ben Roethlisberger in 2014. Now, this is six games for Ben. That was four games for Brady, so I get that. But he completed fewer passes percentage-wise. Brady averaged 198 yards per game. He had only two interceptions. Roethlisberger has eight. Five of them came in one game. But uh, they had very, very similar passer ratings, okay? So that was Brady. And remember what was happening then? He had that game at the Chiefs. They benched him for Garoppolo. And people really thought this is the end of the line for Tom Brady. He's old. Last 12 games, 277 yards per game, 29 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, passer rating of 103. Remember Jordy Nelson last year? Six games for Jordy Nelson, the first six games. Now, he did catch five touchdowns, but a lot of people looked at that. They saw him come off a game against the Bears on a Thursday. He had one catch for nine yards on four targets in a game in which Aaron Rodgers threw 56 passes. Four of them went to Nelson. People were freaking out. People were thinking about dropping Jordy Nelson. No, like Not really, but people were like, geez, what do I do with Jordy Nelson? He went off the next, the next uh, ten games. Uh, he was on pace for 112 catches, 1,500 yards, and 14 touchdowns. So my whole thing is Ben Roethlisberger's a Hall of Famer. I think he's going to figure it out. Uh, I just I don't have like um, you know statistical analysis or anything like that. I just think he's too good to be playing like this, and I, I think he's going to turn it around. I think he's a good guy to go after if you're the Rodgers owner. I think you need two quarterbacks if you have Roethlisberger, but I you know I just I see things changing for him. The only difficulty I have, I, I don't necessarily agree with what you're saying about him, and the schedule is nice in the second half of the season, although he has played two games against two of the top seven or eight teams in fantasy points allowed quarterbacks already this year. At yeah. home or on the road, though? Uh, they were both on the road. Yeah. They were both on the road. So maybe 
the the home magic will come back again. But I just I wonder using that logic halfway through the season every bad player is just going to start playing well again? No, of course not. Or every it's, good player that's played bad in the first half of the season? No, I think to Adam's point though it's it's situation like the two scenarios that he gave are very ideal situations. Brady is as we've seen, you know, surrounded by talent and 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 certainly there was a correlation because that was Gronk coming off an injured season the year before, and he got right at the same time Brady got right. Now, you could say Brady certainly helped Gronk get right, but as you saw Gronkowski play better in that 2014 season, Brady's production came along with it. Jordy Nelson clearly is a byproduct, as we may or may not find out, of being with a great quarterback, and eventually those two guys are going to get on the same page. I think another scenario that you could look at this year is, is Cam. I mean, you know, Cam's a great player, mm-hmm. and it took him – a few games to get through that shoulder injury and starting to play at the level. You remember what he said in the in the preseason, a lion's got to be a lion. And he started to run in that game against the Patriots. And then you saw the games that followed and, you know, struggled through a bad game last week but got you good fantasy production. So, But we got good stories on all three of those guys. What's huh? the story on Ben? There's still great talent around him. Yeah. No, I, I, I know but what you're saying. there was great talent the first six games. What's the excuse around Ben? I mean, look, it could be... It could be that Le'Veon Bell missed training camp and the offense just is yeah, off right I was now. just say the two things that you look at is you have Bell that is is now starting to round into form. And look, we we all and, and I'm I'm probably as guilty of this as anybody, we anointed Martavis Bryant back. Yeah. The guy missed a year. Right. And had little time in, in training camp or right. in, in, in the off season workout program because of not being allowed to practice. So plus the the, the third guy's a rookie in Smith Schuster. So it, it's it's still kind of I, I think plausible that it's a work in progress for a guy that's older and and still has to kind of you know get himself up up to snuff. So uh, to your point, Adam, I, I I don't know if you have to really give up much to get Roethlisberger at this point, which is the nice thing. Mm-hmm. If there's little investment, it's worth the gamble. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I mean, you I, had him ranked as top ten guy, right, coming into the season. Uh, he was right on the border. I don't remember if he was 10, 12. 11, 12. Okay. He was right in that range. He was number one guy for you? Right. Number one guy for me? I mean, I, I don't think there's anybody. But that, he's definitely been passed by a couple of guys. He's passed by a lot of guys. I mean, right. I, I'm, I'm writing Matt Ryan as the start of the week. He's the 27th quarterback. I mean, there, right. there are a lot of guys that got passed. You know, We, but, we can agree he's, he's not as good as Deshaun Watson now. Ben? Favorite for fantasy? Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. I, I think you have to sort of approach that way. But – would it surprise you when we get to that schedule, which is kind of what you were looking forward to with Ben? Could he be better than Watson then? See, I, if I have Watson and another quarterback, I look at the Roethlisberger owner and I offer him Watson and I get something good back, you know, a startable player, and I also get Roethlisberger back. Because I'm, t- I'm just telling you, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised. I think, Jamie, this is where you were going with that. I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if Roethlisberger is better than Watson rest of season. Watson, I mean, Watson's proven me wrong. I, I, I look dumb on that, but he has had a great schedule. Couldn't ask for a much better schedule the last four games. It's gonna get tougher. And I just, you know, I still think Ben's a better quarterback right now than, than Deshaun Watson. I, so, that's I mean, me personally. You can think that because of his pedigree. You can't think that because of the way he's played. Like, he has not done anything well so far this year. I agree. I just. He's missing throws. He looks bad. I just you know think the, it's the, gonna the get better. The funny thing is though, is like, and, and again, guilty as charged. Uh, I thought Jaguars a little overrated. Mm-hmm. Ben at home, that's the type of team he was going to light up. And it didn't happen. Then he goes on the road to a very good defense. They may not have, they may be giving up, you know, bleeding fantasy points, but still, 
he's struggled on the road, mm-hmm. and he struggled on the road. Took a bounce off a helmet, you know, for him to get a, a, a touchdown out of Antonio Brown. There's going to be a big game coming here. I hope so. I'm, I'm hoping. All right, how about some sell high candidates? Uh, last week we Heath had Alex Smith, Jamie had C.J. Anderson. That would have worked out really well. Uh, who are some sell highs this week, guys? And, and you know what? Let me kick off the conversation because I asked the listeners who they think are sell high candidates, and, and a lot of people said Deshaun Watson. So he's faced the Patriots, the Titans, the Chiefs, and the Browns. All four of those teams are in the bottom ten in fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks. I don't know if it's top ten, but tenth most. In fact, New England and Cleveland give up the most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Got a buy, then Seattle, then the Colts, then the Rams, then the Cardinals, then the Ravens. So it could get kind of tough for him other than the Colts. We'll see. But, um, yeah, I don't, I, like, is Deshaun Watson a sell high candidate? And, and obviously he, we don't expect him to be the number one quarterback in fantasy, which is what he is. But is he still someone you're looking to sell or, or what? You tell me. Absolutely. Especially if you have two quarterbacks and he's your second quarterback and you go get a, I've had a lot of questions. Should I trade Deshaun Watson for AJ Green? Of course. Oh, that means. Tra- trade Deshaun Watson for any top 15 running back or wide receiver happily. Would you trade him for Devontae Adams? Hmm. If, who's my other quarterback and who are my receivers? That's, I mean, that's a, that's specific, but it's close. Russell Wilson. Oh, that's easy. Yeah. Yeah, you have enough oh. faith in Russell what Wilson. Probably not. Yeah. I mean, it depends on who my receivers are. If I'm just awful at wide receiver, maybe. Your See, number one guy is Crabtree. So he's not my number one. He's probably not. So, like, you, uh, you got pretty bad waiver wire week for quarterbacks. I do think with Roethlisberger owner and the, and the Rodgers owner, I think it's a great week to try to sell high on a quarterback if you've got some depth there. If you've got two guys you like. I mean, because they're hurting right now. If they're sitting there relying on Tyrod Taylor this week, it might work out. But I, still, I, I think it's a great week to sell a quarterback to to the needy owner, and I'm going to do that in the two-quarterback league for sure, uh, targeting the Rodgers owner. That's that's where you can really make a killing because there's nothing on waivers. Jamie, you got a sell high you want to give? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, well, Heath, Jamie, whoever. Uh, I'll give you a couple running backs. I think you can sell high on Chris Thompson just based on the production he's giving you so far this year. If anybody values him as a top 15 running back in standard, Rob Kelly is going to come back and get a lot of work. They don't want to give the balls to Chris Thompson as often as they just did. Also, if anybody's buying into what Orleans Darkwood just did, I'd sell him as well. Yeah, I'll stay with the running back spot. and I know the, the fantasy production hasn't been great the last few weeks, but uh, Adam, you kind of alluded to it with the waiver wire move you made. Legarrette Blunt, um, when Smallwood is back, you're going to see, you know, snap count come down for him. And I think they want to get back to having that pass catching guy. They, they've been missing that the last couple weeks. Again, Legarrette Blunt's run very well. He's been, uh, he, he's been everything I think the Eagles would have asked for. But I still think once you get that backfield hole, remember the last game that they played, Smallwood I think doubled him in snap count. So. Uh, going to be tough for Blunt, I think, to be sustainable at that level. Oh, and I'll I'll say the most obvious one since we didn't say it yet. Adrian Peterson. Oh yeah, <laughs> sell, mm-hmm. sell, sell. Yeah. Now, Heath, are you criticizing my dropping of Mike Gillisley for Wendell Smallwood in PPR? Yes, I'm, I'm criticizing it. I'm going to try to pick Gillisley up. I don't think that I I don't think he's firmly in the doghouse yet. No, that's fine, but it's PPR. Like he has zero targets this year. 
So if he doesn't score a touchdown, he's giving you a straight-up terrible game. And I have LeGarrette Blunt, so I wanted both Eagles guys. Yeah, I don't – I'm not as excited about Wendell Smallwood as everyone else is, so I guess Why not? maybe that's part of it. We just – we don't have a very good sample of him actually being involved in the passing game. He has two games in his career with more than one catch. Yeah, but that's the only time he's been on the been on the field without Darren Sproles. Right, last week. And we don't have a very good example of him being good in the running game. So is he a 10-carry, 4-catch-a-game guy? That's not that's not going to be much better than Gillisley. No, well, it made more sense PPR. for my team, I think. Yeah, PBR, but it made more sense for my team just because I had Blunt. But that's fine. Go ahead. You can, you can get Mike Gillisley. That's cool. You will see all the frustrations that I have seen. It was a 10-team league. I ain't dropping Gillisley in a 12-team league. Not yet, anyway. Uh, all right, let's— Well, you will when you trade for Zeke. Now I'm gonna drop him in that league. <laughs> the other problem with that league that you're talking about where you're trying to trade me Zeke is not only do I have crappy running backs, but we start so many players. So I have to start crappy running backs, like a lot of them, every single week. I, I gotta tell you though, the one thing that's making me hesitant to, obviously, getting Julio Jones return is nice, but to start every week when they're not active, Elliot, Hunt, Freeman, and now McKinnon. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. It, it makes life so much easier. Uh, that's going to, uh, that's, that's gonna be pretty good in the standard scoring league. And your, what's your record? Uh, five and one. Okay. Five and one. That's, yeah, that's better than two and four. Way to go. News and notes! DeMarco Murray dealing with some hamstring tightness. He's expected to play. But Derrick Henry, do you guys think Derrick Henry is now ahead of DeMarco Murray? Who is the best Titans running back? It's, it's still DeMarco, but, I mean, Henry needs to be 100% owned. Yeah, Henry, that was a very nice run at the end of that game. But every up until that point, DeMarco with a bulky hamstring had run better. Henry was mostly just running into the line. Okay. Well, their their runs are different. Right. You know, how they use them are different. I, I think the one thing that is encouraging is, you know, we rarely get coach speak that's accurate. And they said, we have to get Derek Henry more work. And they got Derek Henry more work. That's the formula for their success is pound you in the fourth quarter. And that's where Henry's going to have a lot of his opportunities. And we said this yesterday. Would you be shocked if they're ahead in the fourth quarter against Cleveland and you got to deal with that that bruiser again and again and again and again? And then eventually the safety is just going to be like, I'm done. <laughs> you know, I I, yeah. I talked to Channing Crowder, Dolphins linebacker, about this. He was like, that's Mike Malarkey's. He was an offensive coordinator at the time when Channing played with the Dolphins. He's like, that's what we that's what he wants to do. He wants to have that big physical running back hit that safety as many times as possible, and then when he breaks through the line of scrimmage, gets to the second level, that guy doesn't want to attack him anymore. Well, it was a good formula, certainly, on the Monday night game. Uh, Deshaun Kaiser likely to start this week for Cleveland against Tennessee. Philadelphia getting some good news. Right tackle Lane Johnson and Wendell Smallwood on track to play this week, Monday night game against Washington. Seattle left guard Luke Jokel is going to be out for another month. He had arthroscopic surgery, but he's going to be out for a while. Uh, not good news for Thomas Rawls, Freddie Lacey. Robert Turbin is out for the season. How, how much does that help Frank Gore, Robert Turbin being out for the year? I would assume it helps both guys. Yeah, I I, I would assume this makes Gore the, the short yardage back at least. He'd lost that work here recently as well. So, And it's got to help Mac. I, I, I think we saw Mac dropped in a couple of our leagues as well. And I'm going to try to pick him up this week. I think that's a mistake. I dropped him in a 10-team league to pick up Henry. Yeah. Who was available. So right. To me, that was an easy one. But yeah, I, I would agree. Carol- stash Marlon Mack still. Carolina center Ryan Khalil expects to play this week. Gordon Hayward fractured, fractured his ankle. Uh, I know that's not an NFL note, but that sucked. 
And do you expect the following players this week? Bilal Powell? Uh, no. Terrence West? Nope. No. Rob Kelly? No, as of now. Yeah, they're going to have a later injury report because of the Monday night game. Stefan Diggs? No, as of now. Devontae Parker? No, as of now. Jeremy Macklin? Same as before. Mohamed Sanu? No, as of now. All right, guys. You know what? Let's take uh, let's take some time right now and talk to our sports legal analyst, Amy Dash, and ask her about Ezekiel Elliott. Amy, welcome to the show. First time on Fantasy Football today. How you doing? Thank you for coming on. Thank you so much, but I still maintain that you were pressured by all the Twitter followers to have me on. I did get one tweet this morning that said, hey, you should have Amy Dash on. And she's at Amy Dash TV, by the way. And I said, that's a great idea. I wish I had thought of that. But you know what? You don't have to tell everybody that, Amy. This could have been my brilliant idea. I do. I do. This is entertainment, Adam. (laughs) I have to be honest because that's where the real drama's at, right? I guess so. We're building up the drama here. All right. It's been dramatic for Ezekiel Elliott owners. What's going on? Can you sum up what the heck is going on all this legal mumbo jumbo? What's going on with Zeke? Yeah. Well, I guess the the reason why people love me is because I'm a lawyer, but I understand that the only thing that the fantasy football people care about is, is he going to play and which games is he going to play in? So what I can tell you is that now there is a temporary restraining order in New York. So he's going to play Sunday against the 49ers. Then he's going to play again against the Redskins the following week. Um, And then on October 30th, there will be another hearing where a judge who's on vacation will be back deciding whether to issue a permanent injunction. Um, and th- that would keep him playing potentially the whole season. But you think he's definitely going to play the next two games? Oh, for sure. Oh, pursuant to court order, he's playing the next two games, without a doubt. Okay. There's okay. no question. Okay. Um, and then the judge has to make a decision after the hearing about whether to leave that restraining order in place until the whole case is heard and decided. And if she does that, then he's playing the whole season probably. Do you have any prediction on how that might play out? I do because the judge gave an indication in his order. So the way that it works in court is that when one judge is on vacation and another judge is sitting in for for that judge, um, they like to respect what the substitute judge did. Judges don't like to go against each other. So the mere fact that the substitute judge felt that there was enough harm to Elliot if he was kept out of the game while the case is heard, that should be enough for the judge that comes back to issue the permanent injunction. But on top of that, the judge who heard the case yesterday put into the order that he felt that Ezekiel Elliott met the standard for a permanent injunction, basically Hmm. saying to the judge that's coming back from vacation, look, I think that if it were me, I would give it to him. So that's a really big deal. Wow. And, you know, she's coming back from vacation, going to be in a good mood. Maybe she's nicer to Ezekiel Elliott. But, uh, you know, Amy has him on her fantasy team. (laughs) Maybe. Uh, Amy, you know, there's this thought that the NFL doesn't lose these types of cases and the Tom Brady case sets a precedent. What do you think about that? I disagree because what this judge also said in his opinion yesterday is that the Brady case did not say that the court doesn't get to decide whether an arbitration is fundamentally unfair. In fact, it left that question open. So this court can decide whether or not they want to make a ruling on the fairness of the arbitration. 
And if they do make a ruling on whether it was fair or not, I think there's enough evidence here to show that it was unfair that would warrant that the whole suspension would be thrown out. And the reason it was unfair is because there was critical evidence that was missing. The investigators' conclusions, uh, the accuser didn't testify during the hearing. Goodell wasn't cross-examined. So this is totally different from the Brady case, because in the Brady case, the unfairness argument was just that Brady couldn't cross-examine the league's lawyer. But he's an unnecessary party. Here, Elliot couldn't cross-examine his own accuser. That's a marked difference. So I think that they could definitely win um, mm. altogether and have the suspension totally thrown out. And Brady doesn't even apply here, and the judge said it yesterday, too. Interesting. Well, that, thank you, Amy. That is actually some great perspective on this that we hadn't heard before. And, uh, good. yeah, we'll let you go, but that's, we're going to have you back on. <laughs> Don't go too far. This is, we appreciate it, Amy. Thank you so much for that Thank insight. Thank you so much. And you know what? A lot of the fantasy players, they put my face on their fantasy board. Like, what? you know, where they have their name yeah. and the player rosters below it. Somebody tweeted that my face was on their <laughs> fantasy uh, logo. <laughs> I'm the hero of this, of some of the fantasy players because they wanted Zeke back in so that they could win and they didn't have to pick up the backup players. There you go. Yes, you're giving so the Ezekiel Elliott owners hope. Yeah, they saw my they saw the tweet from me and they were like high fiving me with gifs. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I'm sure the, our listeners are going to be very excited. You're going to have more Twitter followers uh, any second now. Uh, that would be Amy Dash it. at Amy Dash TV at Amy Dash TV on Twitter. Thank you so much, Amy. Thanks, we appreciate Adam. it. All right, we'll talk, talk to you, you later. Soon. I'll be at the hearing on October 30th, so I'll let you guys know. All right, thank you, Amy. Well, uh, Jamie and Heath, I'm sorry I didn't let you get any questions in there. My bad. But what did you think of? What you think of that analysis? You know, it's funny. This would be the first time that we've taken a backseat to you talking. That never happens. <laughs> yeah. I, I really liked the part where you asked me if I had any questions, and I said, yes, <laughs> I have a dynasty question. Then you asked the question I was going to ask. But me. I didn't know that was your question. Well, why? what would I be – if I was thinking about dynasty leagues, what would I ask? Maybe if there was a possibility that this suspension was not going to happen? Uh, maybe if there was a chance that he could actually win? You should have said specifically what your question was. I can't read your mind. Well, obviously you can. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, I think that's pretty interesting. Uh, she seems to think there's a decent chance that that there's no suspension at all. Yeah, I mean that's clearly the uh, the, the best part of this. Um, look, you're getting in for two games. I, I think that's how you have to approach it. You're getting in for two games. You can try and trade him now. You can try and trade for or still pick up McFadden. He's probably going to get dropped or Morris or both. They're probably going to get dropped. As we get more information from this, as we get more tweets from Amy, and again, follow her at amy-tv. Um, she's very excited about uh, um, this whole story, and she's doing a great job covering it. So, I think it's uh, it's just one of those uh, one of those things where, you know, the the uh, Nick Costas asked me this on on a video show last night. He said, as a Zeke owner, with the thought that the suspension is still coming, does this m- make you upset? That you're not having him at the back end of the year now when the fantasy championship and playoffs are happening in case it does go six games from week nine on. And what was your answer? I, I, I want to get there. So I, I never want to approach it as what, what happens to my team at the end. I want to know what's going to get me to the end. And so I, I'll take the two wins that he may help me get. Okay. 
All right, guys, let's move on here. We got to preview a game, <clears> and uh, everybody wants Ezekiel Elliott to play. Everybody wants me undies. Not well, my. No, the, the NFC East does not want him to play. That's true. Uh, but they do want me undies, and they definitely should get them. Yeah, they don't want my undies. They want me undies, and we've actually gotten great response from our listeners. I'm willing to wager one of the three of us today is wearing me undies. I th- I immediately burned all of my other underwear when I got me undies. <laughs> so I yeah. wear them every day. It's, I actually wear them on different parts of my body. Yeah. Well, all kidding aside. That was the only thing I wore for the last two days when I was homesick. I don't doubt that. All kidding aside, we do love um we do love the product. And uh, the URL is meundies.com slash FFT. Meundies.com slash FFT. Not only do you get 20% off, you also get free shipping and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. How great is that? What are you waiting for, people? Meundies.com slash FFT. This underwear, it's crazy comfortable. They have a men's and women's underwear. The fabric is three times softer than cotton. It's it's really great. Like I love it. It's uh, kind of changed my outlook on underwear. I'm gonna get many many more pairs of MeUndies, and you should too. So uh, MeUndies.com slash FFT. Get there right now. Twenty percent off, free shipping, and a one hundred percent satisfaction guarantee for the best and softest underwear you'll ever own. It's a limited time offer, by the way. So go there right now. MeUndies.com slash FFT. Let's preview what could be a nice game. Could be a good game. Kansas City and Oakland. They played on a Thursday night last uh, last season, actually, and both games were won by Kansas City, 26-10, 21-13 last year. Neither quarterback scored more than 12 fantasy points in either game last season. So are you starting either Smith or Carr this week? Smith is a low-end starter for me. Uh, it's just the Thursday night game, the fact that I think – with how the Chiefs have failed to run the ball successfully in the beginning of games, I think they get off to a good start with Kareem Hunt. And I don't know if Smith is going to do a lot of heavy lifting. Yeah, I've got Smith over Carr. <clears throat> I uh, I sent out a tweet a couple days ago about the, uh, the similarities between Derek Carr and Andy Dalton's first four years in the NFL. And one similarity that I might have overlooked was we always joke about Andy Dalton in primetime. Derek Carr has not been very good at all in primetime games. He's played six games at night. He has six touchdowns, four interceptions, less than 200 yards passing per game. Whoa. Would you start Tyrod against the division? Ty Which Rod makes Taylor? sense because most of their primetime games have been against the Chiefs or the Broncos. Mm, yeah, that's a good point. Tyrod Taylor or Derek Carr? Taylor. Taylor. I, I, Taylor for me over both quarterbacks in this game. Um, uh, yeah, I've got Smith and Taylor back to back. I may make that change, but right now I have Smith one spot ahead. Carson Palmer or Alex Smith? Palmer. Smith. Russell Wilson or Alex Smith? Wilson easily. Wilson. Okay. I think, I think Smith, look, if Smith has been your guy, you stick with him. Last week I expected him to play poorly. He played poorly. He played a good defense. This is not the same level of defense, but again, Thursday on the road, game they can run the ball. I don't think that the Raiders are going to put up a big number where they're chasing points. So it just it, it it feels game manager Alex Smith as opposed to aggressive Alex Smith. Well, yeah, I mean this is what happens with Oakland. They have the uh, fourth most passing yards per attempt in the NFL. Like people throw well on Oakland when they throw, but they don't throw much. Oakland's seen the third fewest pass attempts in the NFL, and because of that, they've actually done pretty well against quarterbacks. Yeah, it's a tough stat. I don't know what to make of it. Smith's been pretty efficient, but you know, Mariota, 18 fantasy points, Rivers, 16 fantasy points, Kirk Cousins is uh, the only quarterback with more than 19 fantasy points against Oakland. Right? I think it's yeah. it's it's what I expected for Smith last week, which he didn't get to, but he was close, 
uh, is in that 18-point fantasy range. And it's a bad week for quarterbacks. Is it? I, th- I think it is. I mean, like, I, I don't necessarily disagree with what you just said, and I've got Alex Smith right in that 10 to 12 range. Yeah. Okay. So. I'd, I'd say the guy I struggle with is, is with him and Roethlisberger. Yeah. I mean, Roethlisberger at home against the Bengals. As much as I like Roethlisberger as a buy low, I feel like I'd have to see something from him first. And that, that Bengals sure. defense has been outstanding. Oh, that, that's the whole point. Yeah. yeah. But I, it, it's, will Smith do enough? Or will Roethlisberger struggle enough? You know, that's kind of the way I, I, I approach it. And I have Smith ranked higher by one spot. All right, Kareem Hunt start, Travis Kelsey start, and Kelsey could be good in daily too. Raiders aren't very good against tight ends. Uh, but Tyreek Hill, what do you think about Tyreek Hill? Man, what do you do with this guy? Start or sit? Low uh, number two. Yep, I'm starting him. How many Packers wide receivers would you start over Tyreek Hill? Two. Hmm. Zero. <laughs> would but you, I have Tyreek, Jordy, and Devontae back-to-back-to-back, so. Would you start Kelvin Benjamin or, Ty, or Tyreek Hill? Both Panthers receivers over Tyreek Hill. I would start Kelvin over him, but not Funchess. Would you start Marshawn Lynch or Tyreek Hill? I would start Tyreek Hill. No, Tyre- I start Lynch in a standard league, Hill and PPR. I'm going to start Tyreek in both. Uh, real quick on, on Carr. I know we don't like him as much as Smith or Tyrod Taylor. Are there any other waiver wire quarterbacks you would consider over Carr, like Bethard or uh, all the? I would start Bethard over Carr. <laughs> you would. Heath, Bethard or Carr? Uh, I don't know that I would start Bethard over Carr. I might, I might start McCown over Carr. Okay, yeah, you have McCown one spot higher than Carr. Somebody brought up something to me. I gotta check this. That when the Jets and the Dolphins played the first time around, Rashad Jones did not play. What? Really? I didn't know that. I'll tell you what, if you want to buy into a defense now, Dolphins are gonna get TJ McDonald back at safety soon. Uh, That's gonna be a difference maker for them. Alright, so to the Raiders run game. Starter sit Marshawn Lynch. And he did play against he had seven tackles against the Jets. That's not true. Rashad Jones. Okay. Uh yeah, starter sit Marshawn Lynch. Uh, number two running back. He's a number two running back for me in a, a standard league. Yes. In PPR, he's really, and he's a low end for me, but he's, a, he's more of a, uh, a flex in PPR. Look, he's, he's touchdown or bust at this point. You know, he's not going to run for 100 yards. The thing that you're hoping for as a Lynch owner is that Thursday night, fresh legs for him, hopefully, and tired defense for the Chiefs. Look, Chiefs, Chiefs had a, had a war last weekend. You know, they had a tough game, physical game against the Steelers. You mm-hmm. got to assume that that Steelers offense, you know, with how Le'Veon was running, wore on them a little bit defensively. So Lynch is in a good spot. It's just a matter of can't take advantage of it. And would you start Marshawn Lynch or Arlen's Darkwa? Lynch. Lynch. Lynch or Alvin Kamara in standard? Kamara. 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 Sorry. <laughs> Lynch or a Packers running back? Lynch. Lynch, standard, Montgomery, PPR. Because the Saints have had trouble with pass-catching running backs. Okay. Oh, I really would like to not have to start Marshawn Lynch. I'm sure most people feel that way. All right. How about Cooper and Crabtree, guys? What do you think? I think Crabtree's proven to be a must-start guy at this point. Yep. And Cooper's been somebody you can get away from. Yeah, I've I've got Cooper as a borderline number two, um, low high end flex. Just hoping. I, the thing is, you get to the point, yeah, just hoping, but I feel like you get to the point in the mid-20s at wide receiver, and it's almost all that. 
Yeah, I, I would easily take my chances with Marquise Lee in a good matchup, with Robert Woods in a good matchup, with Willie Sneed in a good matchup, with guys that have just better situations at this point. You know, again, Thursday night, Carr's not looked, Carr has not looked good. Right. Uh, you wonder if he's healthy. Keith gave you the numbers of, of him on primetime. Uh, you'll certainly see, uh, I'm sure in all of our writing this week, his numbers against the division have been brutal. And so I, I just, I'll, I'll take the guy who's producing in Crabtree, which is easy to do, but the guy that's not been producing, it's just hard to, to you know, you want to say about Ben, you want to see something from him? You got to see something from Cooper. It's the same situation. All right, fellas. Buy low or heck no, and then sell higher. No thanks, guy. Let me give you some names. Let's talk some trade here. Tell me if you'd buy low or heck no on Derek Carr. Uh, heck no. Heck no. Yeah, it just could be a. You get him on waivers after this week. Yep. Okay. Or next week. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, Kansas City this week on Thursday, not setting up to look good. Then at Buffalo and at Miami, those two teams have been really good so far defensively. And then a buy. So. And then yeah, then a buy, and then maybe you pick him up for that matchup against the Patriots, but then you're dropping him again because he plays the Broncos. So. Right. Okay, so no on car. Um, Marshawn Lynch. Do you think he's a buy low candidate? I don't think he, he kind of just falls in that gray area where people who own him are just going to expect a lot in return. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. What, what are you are you hoping that they are just not giving him the touches in the first half of the season because they're going to use him a lot in the second half? I I don't know at this point. Like the here's the thing about the Raiders, they run the fewest plays in the NFL. Right. That's got to change. Like they got to get moving here. <laughs> and but if they're going to play fast, Marshawn Lynch doesn't really fit into that. No, but yeah, you're right. So uh, I don't know what to expect from Lynch. I I look at him a lot like a, the same way I look at Legarrette Blunt. Yeah, but Blunt has been like running great. Actually, I don't think Lynch has run that poorly. Three point no. seven yards per carry, but I think it's a little deceiving. Uh, okay, hey, but we'll come back to buy, buy low or heck no in a second. I forgot to tell you about Fanduel. Hey, um, question for you listeners: Do you like fantasy football? Do you hate injuries and bye weeks and bad matchups? Do you like winning money? I assume you answered yes to all three of these questions. You're going to love FanDuel. FanDuel.com, fantasy football for everyday fans. Go to FanDuel.com and sign up with our promo code CBSPOD. If you have not played yet, you are really missing out. There's no way you will not enjoy it. You're just playing more fantasy football. Again, the promo code is CBSPOD. Use that code, and when you use that code, you get free entry into the NFL Sunday Million. There's over a million dollars in prizes in that contest. This is a terrific offer. A great way to get started. Could be a great week uh, for Marcus Mariota on FanDuel against the Browns. Ben Roethlisberger's fairly cheap if you want to maybe go for a tournament play. Don't love it, but, you know. Uh, I love having one or two just stud-wide receivers in my lineup without Beckham. It's a thinner group now. So join now, everyone. Use the code CBSPOD. Get a free entry into the NFL Sunday Million. The promo code is CBSPOD, and that is void where prohibited. Uh, more buy lower heck no. Sammy Watkins. Uh, I guess by low. Yeah, I'll say heck no, because I kind of feel the same way I do about Corey. You're probably going to be able to pick him up with the waiver wire. I dropped Sammy Watkins for Josh Doxson. It's not a bad move. You're buying upside at this point. Yeah, I I don't I don't know that I really see the reasoning behind that, because Doxson's got the same problem that Watkins does without the track record. He's not getting the targets either. But I think you could see that there's a chance that that could improve in better situations. Like the matchups for Watkins are terrible. Right. On top of the yeah. fact that he's not getting targets. Doxon, with, you're hoping that he's going to start to get more targets in a better scenario moving forward. Yeah. 
Uh, buy low or heck no on Jimmy Graham? Buy low. Buy low. Yeah, I like it, man. Look at the next four matchups for him. At the Giants, going to score a touchdown. Houston. Now, Houston gives up a lot of fantasy points to tight ends, but it's a little deceiving. I don't think it's a great matchup because they've faced Gronkowski and Kelsey so far. They've done well otherwise. But Washington in three weeks, they're almost as bad as the Giants. And at Arizona in four weeks, I think, what do you guys think? Like, Arizona was number one against tight ends last year. Right now they're 24th. And they actually had a history of being bad against tight ends before last year. So I'm thinking Arizona's a good matchup for a tight end. What do you think? I think it's uh it's playable. I don't know if I'd put it in the good category. I think it's kind of in that uh, you know, ten to fifteen group of you're not gonna you're not gonna fear a good tight end against them. Yeah. I I kind of the ten to fifteen group is the I'm not counting it as a good or a bad matchup. It's whatever. Okay. Uh but you know, I just I'm still struck by Jamie preferring Austin Safarian Jenkins to Jimmy Graham rest of season. That may have been a prisoner of the moment. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, okay. But let's, I mean, it's not crazy. Like, it, you look at Safarian Jenkins, his targets are going up. I just, he's had, I, I always great look matchups. at this. Like, Russell, Russell Wilson and Kirk Cousins this year, for example, their success is not predicated on one guy. Josh McCown may be predicated on one guy. He's that type of quarterback, you know? Yeah. Like Wilson can get by yeah. with his with his legs, he can get by throwing the lockets or you know, Richardson to yep. hopefully Doug Baldwin. He's never know. he's never given us two good pass catchers. That's a little bit of a fear with Jimmy Graham. Uh, well, he did last year. Did he? I mean, Baldwin and Graham were good over the course of the season. Graham, right? Graham was good. He wasn't great, but he was good. Like I'll take last year's Jimmy Graham at this point of for course. sure. Uh, buy low or heck no on this goes to your theory about how you started the show, that great players tend to step up and play when the time calls for it. Yeah. Buy low or heck no on on Alshon Jeffrey. Buy low. Buy low. Okay. Uh, what do you, okay, convince me on that actually. He's not going to keep this, catching this low of a percentage of his targets. He's getting the downfield targets. Um, that's it. All right. Yeah, it, it, it's it's another one. You know, is Wentz falling into this category as well? Where I guess you could say he's leaning on Ertz, but you know, it's 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 Ertz, it's Aguilar. Uh, I think we'll get you know some small wood moving forward. We'll we'll probably see you know Tory Smith every now and then. So if you were to say that Ertz is this good through six games with Alshon Jeffrey doing next to nothing, that's that's encouraging for Alshon Jeffrey. All right, let's do some sell high or no thanks, guy. And these are from the listeners. From Phil, Deshaun Watson. Sorry, we already talked about that. All right, from Mike, Will Fuller. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, sell high. Now, to make a case for Will Fuller, he was a first-round pick in the NFL draft last year. He might get more involved. He's only had 14 targets in three games. He's caught five touchdowns. Uh, but, you know, look at the start of his 2016 season. He had two 100-yard games. He had three games with double-digit fantasy points in standard. Maybe he's a really good player. Maybe he's going to be, you know, maybe he's, maybe he's going to be, I don't think he's going to be better than this because, you, you know, obviously the touchdown rate will go down. But maybe the catches and the yards will come up. What do you think for Fuller? What happened after those first four games that made it, like what's the theory on that? Oh, there's two words for it, my friend. Brock Osweiler. Brock Osweiler. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I'm just saying I, I, Fuller I think, might be a good I, player. Here, here's here's the, the I think the the best approach to Will Fuller is, if you can get something better for him in return, so if you think Amari Cooper is going to be great the rest of the season, if 
if you think you can get one of the Packers guys cheap because they're afraid, if you think you can get a running back that hasn't really done much yet or somebody needs receiver depth and picked up Jerick McKinnon and you want to get McKinnon for Fuller, those type of trades. Yep. Um, T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton's perfect. Uh, Adam, you missed the boat on trading Aaron Jones for Will Fuller, so I appreciate you turning that one down. <laughs> um, that's the type of trade you're making to get rid of Will Fuller because imagine if the targets go up. Yeah. And it may not be touchdown dependent, but we may start seeing a 100-yard game, 120-yard game. Maybe it's 80 in a touchdown. Maybe it's just 80 yards, but at least the catches are up. So it's it's certainly the touchdowns are not sustainable, but there there is some room to grow as well. So what would, you, would you rather have Will Fuller or Deshaun Jackson? They're kind of the same guy. Yeah, I'd probably say Jackson. I'll say Fuller again. I'll be prisoner of the moment because of Jameis' shoulder injury. Okay. If this lingers, I'd rather have Fuller. Chris on Twitter says he still thinks Todd Gurley is a sell-high candidate. I, I think that's fair, but again, you got to get something great in return. Look, every every good player that we didn't expect to be good is going to be a sell-high candidate. Leonard Fournette's a sell-high candidate. I mean, you know, unless you've seen these guys do it year over year over year, it's hard not to call them that. Okay. Uh, how about John says Julio Jones is sell high candidate. He's overrated. No, he says overrated isn't the word. He's a stud. He'll break out any day. Then back to his usual five for sixty-five and no touchdowns. Frustrating. You're on the wrong side of this one, John. He is a <laughs> buy low. Yeah. Come on, we gotta get some touchdowns from him. But even if you don't get touchdowns, like just all the yards, bring it on. Joe, uh, Jobin Thomas says Kelvin Benjamin, who I, I guess I didn't even realize this. He scored. 10, 11, and 9 fantasy points in standard in his last three games. Kelvin Benjamin is a sell-high candidate. I mean, I guess so, but you, you, you've you seen, you know, the games that he's been healthy with Greg Olson out. He's been good. Yeah, I don't know how we can buy into Kelvin Benjamin or Cam. Maybe he thinks Cam Newton's a sell-high candidate too, but... No, I'm not, I'm not selling on Benjamin. He got 13 targets last week. Is Devin Funches a sell high candidate? Cause, cause, yeah, so Funches had been out targeting Benjamin every week until last week. What do you think? I think you could make a case that he's a sell high candidate from the standpoint of Benjamin, you've seen him do this before, or at least have, you know, good fantasy production before. Funches, you haven't. And the targets have been up for Benjamin, for Funches when Greg Olson went down. Greg Olson's about a month away from returning. So if you want to, you know, get out of that now, we had a trade in one of our leagues where somebody traded DeMarco Murray for Devin Funches, which I think is ludicrous. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was kind of, that was interesting. Okay. And finally, uh, CJ Anderson. So actually we talked about that last week and Austin Safarian Jenkins. That's what Henrik suggested. CJ Anderson and Austin Safarian Jenkins. Uh, yes. Uh, you know, I mean, Anderson's, you know, they, they're getting Devontae Booker involved. You saw it. It was garbage time, but. I'd probably wait until after this week to sell CJ Anderson. Chargers. See, here's, here, I, I agree with you. He just makes me a little bit nervous with the offensive line not being banged up again. Alright, let me give you guys a sell high candidate that I didn't talk about. I was gonna mention him in my favorite sell highs, but I forgot. Marcus Mariota. And the thing is, it's really a perception thing, because I feel like people think he's a stud. He's had one good game. He said, I'm gonna say he's played four games this year, cause he, you know, I won't count the one half that he played. He's had one game with more than like 18 fantasy points in standard scoring leagues. And I just can't get over the fact that he had such an easy schedule last year. And he didn't really do well in the tough matchups. 
Now, he should do great this week against Cleveland. He better do great this week against Cleveland. If he doesn't, you're in a lot of trouble. But then it's a bye. Then it's Baltimore, Cincinnati, and Pittsburgh. Right now, those three teams are top seven. Or, you know, seven of the, you know, three of the seven best teams in, in terms of fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. I gotta figure out an efficient way to say that. I don't know, man. Like, Mariota, if he's not gonna be able to run, hopefully he gets healthy at the bye, but if he's not gonna be able to run, they run the ball a ton. Last year they were fifth, they had the fifth fewest pass attempts in the NFL, this year sixth. Uh, I think you, I don't know, man. I'm not, I'm not sure about Mariota. He might be a little overrated. Can I ask you something? If he, if he gets a second touchdown Monday night, and showed you that he could do 302 without running. Would you feel the same? Wait, say that one more time. Sorry. If he threw another touchdown Monday night uh-huh. and got you 302, knowing that he did that without running. But he didn't. No, but, I mean, he's not, you know, a weekly 300-yard passer, so that was a good sign that he was able to do that on a bum leg without arguably his best receiver on the field. The, the thing about it is and that three-game stretch is really tough. But he finishes the season with the Colts, the Texans, the Cardinals, the 49ers, and the Rams. Yeah. I would expect he's going to carry a lot of people during the fantasy playoffs. And the other part of it is, and this is kind of the uh, buy low, sell high. I guess if you're the Aaron Rodgers owner and somebody's been sitting on Mariota, you can maybe you know convince them to give up something great in return. What are you getting great in return for Mariota right now? Because I I think – Yes, there is a group of people, and, and probably Heath and I fall into that category, that think Marcus Mariota is going to be a monster the rest of the way. You do think that? I don't think monster, but I think, you know. Top ten. Yeah. I'll just say number one, you know, so if he's 12. Perfect. You know. <laughs> um, but I'm oh, not overpaying one. for Mariota. Yeah. I, I would rather just stream than have to pay a big price for him. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Well, I, streaming quarterbacks – like I said, this is a bad week. So if you've got some depth, this is this could be a time when you send some trade offers out. The- uh, see, now, I, I agree with you in theory just based on the, the names that we talked about on Tuesday. But I also think we've seen in the last couple of weeks, because I know it's in my leagues and, and I play in 21 of them, where Roethlisberger was dropped, where uh, Mariota was dropped, where I was still able to find Alex Smith in a league available. Yep. And so – on a whole, based on the percentages we look at, Tyrod Taylor was the best guy. But I think in, in league-specific, you can find some guys that had to make some tough decisions, and they're available to you. Like, I, I, I have a, a league where – it's a keeper league where I, I have both Luck and Winston as keeper-eligible options, and I had to pick up Tyrod Taylor. So now I'm sitting on three quarterbacks. I may end up having to drop Jameis on Sunday or Saturday to try and – Fill another spot with the hope I get James back. I think you're going to see some scenarios like that where people are dropping Stafford. Yeah, but the thing is, like, these guys haven't been that good. I mean, quarterback is not great, I don't think, this year because we haven't had luck. Breeze has not, you know, had a huge game yet. Not, not like he's been, you know, I'm not downgrading Breeze. It's just he hasn't had it yet. Um, I don't know. Breeze been spotty at times. Roethlisberger stinks. Roethlisberger stinks. Eli Manning's done as a fantasy option. It, and, and I just quarterback's not great, and we sure. just lost the best guy. Mario has so, been Mario's been bad. And, and Wilson hurt. hasn't been that good. Barr's been hurt and bad. Yeah, it's uh. But again, then the flip side of that is you have Deshaun Watson, you have Alex Smith, you have guys that have exceeded expectations or surprised us, you know, completely out of nowhere. Yeah. That, I, and I think to the the hope would be at that position, 
you know, Taylor is the, is the easy one because of his schedule. So you're able to pick up Tyrod Taylor and you get four games that he should have decent, if not very good production because he's at home and, and they're favorable matchups. You may see Brett Hundley be good or at least 18 to 22 points good. You know, you may see CJ Beathard be slightly better than Brian Hoyer and Hoyer was a guy we've been streaming for the last couple weeks. You know, he's guy last week, Kevin Hogan may turn things around if he's still given Yeah, but that's the thing, like the second you buy into Kevin Hogan, he does that. You know, these aren't guys you can rely on. And, and, and that's, that's the flip side of it when, you know, you get by with, uh, with streaming. But to your point, Adam, I mean, really, who's, who's consistently safe? Dak Prescott? Well, yeah, right. There, there haven't been that many guys and we just lost Aaron Rodgers and we haven't had Andrew Luck yet and it's, it's been kind of a bad year for quarterbacks, I think. But you know what? We could pick up that conversation tomorrow. We'll preview the AFC home games. I want to thank Amy Dash for coming on. I want to thank Dave or Jamie and Heath. Excuse me, not Dave. Dave will wow, probably thank I mean, you. you just you, you miss Dave that much, so you just have to throw his name in there. Tomorrow I'll be able to thank Dave, Jamie, and Heath. And we'll talk to you all on Thursday. See you later. <laughs>